I didn't realize when I was hitting these uh, emotional scenes, uh, I was like, tears don't come to me. I don't know why I can't cry or why can't I really truly be in love with this person that I'm across from? Because that takes a lot of vulnerability. And it took realizing, oh, I am still in full flight of certain emotions. And just putting down my guard, the first guard of recognizing that I'm still incapable of um, just being honest about some of these emotions, uh, things that I don't think I was forced to reckon with. You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. Welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. I'm pleased to be joined today by Spencer Belko. Spencer is a Los Angeles-based actor and is here to talk with us about creativity in sobriety. How are you doing, Spencer? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Damon? I'm doing great. I'm so glad to have you on the show today. You know, this is a topic that a lot of people that are in the creative community talk about a lot, which is creativity in sobriety. You know, there's obviously a fear that people will lose their creativity when they get sober. And there's also, you know, people who feel that once they're sober, um, that they want to be more creative and use their creativity to have a better sobriety. So I'm so thrilled to have you on the show today to, to discuss this. Yeah, um, I think I'm of the latter variety. I find a lot more creativity in sobriety. I mean, it was a crutch for me to get sober. I mean, um, I've four months into my sobriety, I found this competitive acting club at my, uh, at my school, and it gave me something different to obsess over. Um, so I, I don't know, for me, it was a way to audition, especially acting. I mean, I'm sure this goes for other arts. Like I, I can imagine this when you're playing a musical instrument or singing, just uh, adapting or uh, excuse me, adopting a new perspective that I didn't feel like I had before. So I'd get to embody a good guy or a hero when I just felt like the opposite for a long time, you know, multiple felonies and a lot of... Um, a lot of, of crappy things that I did in my using that I felt a lot of guilt towards, but um, yeah, acting really helped me audition a different person that I could be. So now, Spencer, um, were you always creative? Were you one of these kids that in third grade was putting on the, the play in the neighborhood, right? Were you always <laughs> the creative kid? I, I don't know about creative. I definitely, um, I put, if I was creative, I used my creativity to manipulate um, and I just didn't find a venue for it. I mean, I was playing music when I was younger. Uh, I was in a couple of uh, school productions. Um, so I was around creativity, but I wanted it my way. So I didn't really find a, a venue. I didn't find a medium through which I could be creative. So yes and no. Uh, but I do remember as at a young age, I did want to be an actor, uh, but I started using so young. It's hard. My story is uh, very intertwined with adolescence. So I don't know where I began and addiction did. So, so go, going back a little bit, you know, how, how did, how did you get into addiction? How, how, how did it, how, how did it happen for you? Um, I just felt so, 
misunderstood. Um, I know that's uh, cliche and stereotypical, but I felt very different than everyone. I mean, I was uh, I was a five foot one junior in high school entering my junior year and then I sprang up I mean I was just looking at everyone around me they were all towering above me and I felt so much bigger I felt like a chihuahua but like I couldn't prove that and um addiction was a way to just shut my brain up and um I don't know I found peace uh, a peace that I hadn't found before um in using and before that, I had dabbled and I knew that this was something great. I struck gold with drugs and alcohol, but I didn't have the access in uh, sophomore year and junior years when it really picked up. And it just really helped me. It helped. I grew six inches taller and they would grow six inches shorter. So it equalized. It was the great equalizer for me. And it wasn't easy for you to get sober right away, right? It took you some time. No, it, it took me a lot of time. I... Um, yeah, multiple arrests. I got, uh, I basically, my parents um, said that they'd had enough. And at one of my trials, um, my parents declined to take me back. So I became a ward of the court, essentially a foster kid. Um, and even that didn't get me sober. You know, I was just looking for that um, freedom to be me. And uh, everyone was just a hassle. Everyone was just stopping me from reaching my potential and it wasn't until you know i spent some time homeless and you know on the mean cold streets of uh pacoima in the winter i mean relatively speaking it's not that cold but it gets pretty cold especially when you're withdrawing off of some some hard drugs but um yeah i i took a lot of failures uh in trying to get sober to realize like oh wait every time i go back to using it's the same old pain that I'm inflicting upon myself um and it took like two years of just that extreme pain to finally realize I got to do something different and what was that different for you <sighs> well I mean um it was the first time that I had been homeless. Like I, I wanted to be homeless because I thought that was the ultimate freedom, you know, like no rules, no one telling me what to do. This was finally my choice. And my choice led me behind a dumpster with a 50 year old guy named red um, who showed me the ropes of how to be a uh, professional and upstanding heroin addict. Um, and I thought it was so cool for the first few days. And it just, after it didn't take long to realize like I am doing heroin behind a dumpster behind a subway with this guy who's fortunate to be alive, but like I could be this in 30 years if I'm lucky enough to live. And it was, I saw through the matrix, this wasn't as glamorous as I thought it was. I know that sounds crazy to hear, but um, it really was just a push for freedom. And I realized once I got that freedom, that's not what I wanted. Yeah. I, you know, we were talking about friends that we have in common that are actors and musicians and creative people in sobriety and they're make, they make their living, you know, with creativity and their fear that once they get sober, they're going to lose their edge. They're going to yeah. lose that thing that inspired their creativity. And many times you hear, you know, Hey, 
I'm going to be found out that I'm a fraud. I'm really not that creative. It was the drugs and alcohol that made me creative. And have you had that experience or have you, you know, talked with people who've had that experience? I, I love that you put it that way because um, like afraid that you lose your edge. Like I felt from the moment that I started acting like I could do this. Like I obviously you start from a place where you're not as good. Um, but I definitely in sobriety felt like I lost my edge. The thing that made me me, I was going through an identity crisis of trying to rediscover who I was because I lost those formative, uh, I, I spent those formative years investing into somebody that I, I at this point realized I wasn't. So this fearlessness that I think I was I, I was pretty good at covering my fear to the point where it seemed like I was fearless. So in these positions where you're asked to act and believe and commit to something, I would second guess myself. And um, they would say, what would you do in this situation as an acting exercise, right? It's like, I don't know. I'm split between two people. I'm split between like, I would rob this guy or I would try to empathize for the person on the other side. So it really posed a problem to the point where at several auditions, I, I mean, I just remember being so nervous that I would not really consider this, but it, it, the thought would cross my mind often of like, if only I could get just a little buzzed, like just get rid of that fear, like go back to that junior year me and like equalize the playing field. Um, things would be easier. And obviously um, there's also, you hear in the industry, like there's these big parties or socializing events where um, that's how you meet people. And I felt like I was severely disadvantaged because I'm in my sobriety. I, I don't go hard anymore. You know, I go to bed at a reasonable time and I feel like I've lost that edgy part of me, the the part that likes to go out to parties and be the life of the party. Um, and I felt like that was going to hold me back, but it hasn't yet, even though that thought still occurs to me today. It's so funny, our perspective in early sobriety about what's going to happen if I don't drink and use, what you know, our, our perception on how we think people are going to act and what our life is going to be like. And what I often hear is it's nothing like what we thought it was going to be, no. you know, like no. you talk about going to the parties, you talk about what, what's going to happen if I'm rejected, what's going to happen if they notice I'm not drinking, no one notices, you know, no, no, no. one cares. Right. No. And our perspective on that, it's, it's so funny. And, you know, I'm wondering as a creative person, especially as an actor, there's so much vulnerability that goes into acting. You really have to be kind of open and in early sobriety, you know, look, some of the strategies that you learn in 12 step and, you know, through rehabs and all kinds of stuff is about being a bit guarded. Sometimes it's about putting up boundaries and layers. How did you deal with that? Oh man, it's still an ongoing process, but it, I didn't really realize how guarded I was because I had um, been led to believe that I was almost uh <laughs> I had been purified. I know that sounds crazy, but I mean, like, it felt like my side of the street was clean. Like, what else could there to be? Uh, what else could there be to do? Um, so I didn't realize when I was hitting these uh, emotional scenes, uh, I was like, tears don't come to me. I don't know why I can't cry or 
why can't I really truly be in love with this person that I'm across from? Because that takes a lot of vulnerability. And it took realizing, oh, I am still in full flight of certain emotions. And just putting down my guard, the first guard of recognizing that I'm still incapable of um, just being honest about some of these emotions, uh, things that I don't think I was forced to reckon with. And I think that I was... um, I was almost uh, encouraged to act a certain way. There was a certain hubris that I was encouraged to have and a certain amount of confidence that I was supposed to have in what I currently was in sobriety, that it didn't feel like there was more work to be done. But since I revisited that, I have, oh my God, I've blossomed. Like I can sit there and I can I I can feel for the first time. And that's a crazy thing to say. Like that took me like six or seven years of sobriety. I don't think it had to take me that long, but it did for me. So So almost acting almost was therapeutic for you, right? Did did it allow you to work through issues that you were having with your own recovery and cleaning up your side of the street and all these things that we hear about that have to do with, uh, you know, living your best recovered life? I think it made it so clear where the walls were. So I I do, you know, at least a scene a day, right? To practice. And sometimes that's a lot. If I'm working, I'll do a lot more scenes. Um, And you're just playing these different aspects of life and just trying to empathize. And I would keep brushing up against this wall where it's like, why is this scene so hard? Why does it feel like I cannot yell out to this person who's walking away from me it's because i have this guard up it's like oh because i've felt abandoned in the past and i don't want to go there like it's it's hard for me to imagine because i'm pushing that out of my brain so it was once i realized that it was really like a key to being like oh i gotta do some i gotta do some deep dive on this and figure out what my own block is here like so acting for you really allowed you to really kind of understand what you had to work on and what you were feeling. It seems like. Yeah. What's really uh, going on with you. It really did. But I, I also, uh, I want to mention like um, it's been a struggle too, because acting, I mean, when you think of actors, most of the time you think of uh, self-serving and vain people. And there are those people in the industry and that's hard to reconcile when you're um, in a 12 step program or in early recovery, because even though I liked, I, I feel like I, I wanted to do this to entertain. I wanted to do this to, to have a, have a platform with which I could, uh, I don't know, change the world in a positive way, but it would border on those negative aspects of acting too. So I was at, in this constant battle of, is this for vanity or is this for altruism or is it neither in somewhere in the middle? Um, I don't know if that answered your question, but that was just yeah, something that. Absolutely. You know, on. it's funny because when you, when you think about people that have addiction problems and when you think about people that are in recovery, so many people go to the entertainment industry, they go to the creative industry. Basically there tends to be an overwhelming amount of people who are in the creative industry that either have addiction issues or are in recovery from addiction issues. So on one hand, I see that, you know, it's kind of a great industry if you are in recovery, because 
there's going to be, you're going to run into other people who are in recovery too. But at the same time, it's full of a lot of things that typically people in recovery don't do well with like rejection, like being an actor is, I would assume a lot about rejection. You're going to get rejected more times than you're going to get. Yes, probably. And so how do you deal with those things that are in the industry? And, you know, and also there's always that stereotypical person who's out of control and the ego is really huge and creative people's ego. How do you deal with that to, to keep yourself in check day to day? So, you know, that you're, that you've got a great recovery and you're not getting sucked into that. It's just that it's that I have to bring it back to, um, my priorities, my priority can never be any one role or getting the attention of anyone. Cause then if you focus all that energy in one place, like, Oh, I gotta make it. You're gonna, you're gonna start to get like nervous and tense and you're going to start doing some desperate things, you know, kind of like addiction. And, um, when you just take a step back and you start to focus on yourself, like I recognize getting rejected over and over again started to hurt real bad. And so when I realized how much that hurt, it was like, okay, it's because I'm putting everything into this. Let's, let's focus on something that's outside of this. Like, let's remember your friends. Like I I would go weeks without seeing anybody just focusing on this. And when I really put, uh, put stock into my friends or my personal life and tried to create some peace within me that was, that had nothing to do with acting. That's when the acting started doing better. It was almost like the industry could sense that I'm more secure, more stable. And these are things that um, more uh, steady working actors have that just that confidence, that willingness to just sit there and know that I am enough. And those things happen, not from focusing on the industry. Um, they happen by focusing on myself and just absolutely looking the other way from the industry. And you know what I found too, a lot of the successful people in the entertainment industry have kind of found a balance and there's a lot of like flame, right? Where self will run riot, as they would say, like just people's ego out of control. And maybe that works for them for a period of time. And then it's over as quick as it came. Right. And so I I think that that finding the balance, which isn't, which I, you know, I've found in recovery, finding balance in work and life and family and all the other stuff is probably one of the hardest things to do to kind of master, if you will. Right. But as an actor where you have to be so vulnerable all the time and you also have to, you're also auditioning all the time. Right. I mean, your whole life is really kind of an audition going out there. Have you found a couple of things that you practice every day that work for you to kind of keep you balanced? I, yeah, I I definitely, it's a go, go, go industry. And it just always feels like you're behind if you look at it that way. Um, And when you're behind you, I'm going back to what I was just saying before, when you're behind, you don't feel like you have enough time to rest or to just be. So every day I have to schedule in, I literally have in my schedule time to rest where that's the thing that I have to do today or right now is just enjoy yourself. Just write, just, I don't know, search, um, go down like a YouTube rabbit hole, whatever it is you want to do, just relax for a while because that 
is not something that I felt like I could afford in early sobriety or early in my career acting. It just felt like I always had to be going. And if I wasn't, I'd never find that first footing in the industry. And it was quite the opposite. Once I unlocked this and I started giving myself time, everything became easier. It didn't feel like there was this manic tension to get in. And I was able to make free choices in my acting. Like, hey, I'm probably not going to get this audition, so let's have fun with it. And then all of a sudden, those are the ones that I'm booking. It would, it just unlocked everything. So it's really about, to me, I can't just taking time for myself. That's a, that's a great message, Spencer. And what would be your final thought, let's just say, to anyone out there that is in the entertainment industry or in the creative industry that really feels that, hey, I can't get sober or I can't live a sober life because this industry is just not conducive to that. And, and I see you as somebody who is successfully mastered that. You've had great success and you've stayed sober and you've worked on your recovery the whole time. What would be your message to them about feeling like, man, it's impossible. There's just no way that I can get and stay sober and still be creative. Uh, I, I have so many friends who have that struggle and it comes up, it comes up, it'll flare up and feel like uh, that is the case at all times, but it also goes away for them. And for me as well, it feels like I go through slumps. Like I'm on a positive right now. I think you could feel that I'm on a high, but there are definitely the valleys. And um. I don't know. I think that it's just as in life, the way that you feel right now will pass. So no matter what, if you feel like you'll never be able to be creative again, that will pass. You will have those moments. You will be sober and you're like, I don't have a creative bone in my body right now. What is going on? That's going to pass. And honestly, when I feel that way, I don't focus on the art anymore because something's going on in my life. So if I am acting and I feel like I don't have a creative bone in my body, the more I focus on it, the less creative I'm going to be. It's time to step away for a second, not give up, but just, okay, I'm an actor. I'll go play guitar instead, or maybe I'll go on a walk, do something that's just outside of it. Because if we focus on it too long, yeah, uh, we're trying to control something that is, your body telling you that I don't want to do this right now for one reason or another. So. Great advice, Spencer. Where can they find out more about you and your acting career? Uh, yeah, I have a website, uh, www.spencerbelko.com or uh, I'm on IMDb. You can see all of my, uh, all of the things that I've de- done. I think it's just IMDb slash Spencer Belko or just go to Spencer or go to IMDb and type in Spencer Belko. Guys, go to IMDb right now and check Spencer out. Spencer, thanks so much for coming on the show today and talking about creativity and all of your words of wisdom. Thank you. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.